0: Hey all you heathens, this is Jordy. Welcome to the heathen path. Long time no see. I hope everybody had an absolutely amazing summer. I personally was working my butthole off all summer long. And um, I made the decision... That I was going to make, I was going to do a new podcast episode starting September 1st, moving forward every week. It's now September 5th. No, September 6th. (laughs) And uh, you know what? Here I am. And I am so glad to be back. I have missed this. I have missed all of you. I have missed everything about it. Moving forward, there are some changes to the Heathen Path podcast. Um, I know in the last episode, way back months ago, I introduced everyone to my daughter, Bella, and we were thinking that... At that time, she would be my co host, and we could do, we could go that route. But since then, she has got a full time job as well as just began her junior year of high school, and she has all AP classes, which I'm so proud of her, like beyond proud of her. She's a badass. I don't think the podcast is... is okay to do. (laughs) To pressure her into making time for. um, Now that she's so, so busy with her own stuff. So I'm just going to be doing it on my own. Which is different. It's weird. But also... It's kind of nice. I think I can get, you know, all of this stuff out that I'm looking forward to getting out to you guys and teaching you about. And that brings me to my next uh change. So, uh in the past we have kind of gone over sabbats and different gods and goddesses, different entities, fae, dragons, all of that beautiful good stuff, Um, moving forward, we're going to continue with those kind of episodes um, and topics, but I really, really, really think that I want to teach some of the stuff that, um, some of the topics that I personally have a lot of knowledge on um, due to my Norse-Pagan background and ancestry, um, but also topics that are calling to me for me to teach. So with all that being said, today's episode, I've decided to start this season out with a bang, and just go all in with the northern runes, Norse runes, um, Elder Futhark runes. So, yeah, if y'all are looking uh, looking for some runes knowledge, here we go. (laughs) So, one thing to start off with is... Usually, when you think of the word rune, it probably brings up images of, like, elven warriors and magic scrolls and, you know. Runes are all that, but they're also not just the stuff of fantasy stories. Uh, They date back thousands of years, (laughs) And they're found in large numbers on ancient rock carvings in Scandinavia and actually all around the world, which is intriguing, um, seeing as, you know, the Vikings and the Norse people, they traveled everywhere and um, apparently left their runes. In all areas of the world. It's a common misconception that runes are just letters. um, An alphabet from another language. While that is true. It is an old Germanic alphabet. It is so much more than that. Um, The meaning of rune. Is secret. Or mysterium. Each symbol has a deeper meaning above and beyond the sound it makes in any language, in the language. A meaning that was traditionally held as a secret holy concept, a formless and timeless idea. So I've always seen runes as more of ideas and concepts um, rather than just a letter. Or a letter to group together to create a bland, basic word. <laughs> uh, runes are runes are ancient alphabets, but the word rune comes from an Old Norse term, meaning a secret letter that was used for casting spells. Um, writing itself was often seen as magic because the other people who had no writing systems of their own saw it as something magical um well excuse me while there are many different types of runes uh, we'll be focusing on the elder futhark like i said um, which is a set of 24 symbols that was used for writing in scandinavia which is where my heritage, where my ancestors came from, and um, parts of northern Europe from about 200 to 800 AD. The word Futhark is derived from the first six letters, which are called Fehu, Urus, torasas, Ansus, Ruedo, and Kenas. The elder Futhark are sometimes just Futhork, is the oldest form of runic alphabet. This writing system is believed to have originated from the old italic scripts, a variation of north italic, uh, Etruscan or radic alphabets, or the Latin alphabet itself. Um, The first runes were carved into wood, bone, or stone, and then painted with various colors to make them more visible when you're looking at buying runes or even creating your own um i personally love to create my own i have made runes out of elk antlers that i have um hunted and harvested the animal and and then used their antlers to create runes which brings a whole other spiritual side, um, spiritual experience to, to into the mix. But if you do choose to purchase them rather than um, make them yourself, I personally would recommend not purchasing any off of you know, online shops. Um, Not that I have anything against online shops, I personally sell plenty myself online, but you don't get to fill them, you don't get to see them in person, you don't get to see if they're actual lapis lazuli or if they're made out of, you know, plastic. When buying online. Um, I think getting that connection to them. Is the most important factor. When working with runes. And. I just I would definitely suggest buying them in person. If you have the capabilities to do so. I know a lot of um, divination shops um, little hippie shops, crystal shops. I know a lot of places sell them here locally. And I'm sure you can find, um, you know, somewhere that definitely sells them in person. Um, so that, that's just my suggestion on, you know, what to look for and, and how to buy them. So the ancient runes, when we're talking about the Norse runes, they have been found as far away as Iran, Turkey, England, and even India. The first recorded use was found at a Viking settlement uh, near Tangelgarda, Sweden. And this rune stone dates to around 400 A.D., But there are no written records that can tell us exactly when it was created because, once again, a lot of the people did not use, you know, writing on a day-to-day basis, if at all, at 400 AD. Norse mythology tells us that knowledge of runes and rune magic comes from Odin himself. It is said that Odin received the mystery of the runes after hanging from Yggdrasil, the world tree, for nine days and nine nights. After sacrificing of himself, he was able to extract the wisdom of the runes. Uh, he then shared this gift with the rune Vitki, sorcerers and magicians, who used the power of the runes for divination and spellcasting. There are countless stories within the North myths um, that describe the runes being used for various magical workings. The most famous of these is the story in which Odin and Loki use runes to create a magical spear that will never miss its target. The North myths also tell us about how each rune has an associated deity, animal, or other entity with whom it's connected. Oh, my kitty came to say hi. Can you sing hi? Uh, For example, Fehu represents cattle. Urus symbolizes strength. Dursas is associated with the giants and so on. But unlike modern alphabets, runes have meanings and are tied to universal forces that change and evolve with time, making them just as relevant today as they were thousands of years ago. Um, The rune meanings are very subjective and are often interpreted in different ways depending on the working and past experiences of the reader. So with that being said, we can dive into the runes and their meanings. All right, so let's get into it. Um, So each rune contains three different aspects. The symbol itself, which is basically what the shape represents, uh, the name and what the word means, along with its letter value and sound, and third being the energy and spirit embodied by the rune. The 24 runes are organized into three sets of eight runes called it, singular is it, and ether, meaning families. The first runes of each of the three Ater are Fehu, Hagalas, and Tiwas, also called the Mother Runes. So, um, with that we can go into all of the the meanings. Um, and of course we're going to begin with Fehu because that is my most symbolic and favorite. Um... So, Fehu, the phonetic value is F, and pronunciation is Feihu. Um, in summary, it means cattle, mobile property, abundance, wealth, and material gain. Um, Feihu symbolizes cattle, which is the foremost source of wealth for the Norse, or was. The foremost source of wealth for the North, for the Norse, it represents abundance, the fulfillment of your ambitions, and prosperity in all facets of life. Um, Fehu's raw, expansive energy attracts abundance into your life, so you can try wearing a Fehu rune pendant if um, you want to fulfill your ambitions, and amass prosperity and luck. Uh, focus its energy where you wish to achieve, like, the most success in your life. Um, and then we've got Urus, and the phonetic value is you. Pronunciation, Urus. Summary, Oryx, wild ox, life force, strength, and a period of good health. Urus is the mother of Manifestation a shaping power that defines the origin and destiny of all things. It represents both mental and physical health. It can mean a challenge to your strength or the results of past actions coming to light health, like health wise. Um, But you can carry Urus to strengthen your mental and physical health and manifest your destiny. And then we come to thurasas. So the phonetic value is th th pronunciation is tur i sas. Summary is a giant thorn, defensive force and disruption. Thorisaz represents the hammer of Thor, a destructive and protective force. It reminds us that we must break down old restrictive barriers to make way for new beginnings. Thorisaz lets you harness the lightning and thunder of Thor's hammer. So you can wear this rune to break down emotional barriers that are holding you back, and it will allow to make room for new beginnings to arise so then we get to anzus and the phonetic value a pronunciation and summary is odin and the ancestral gods the mouth breath and communication ansus looks like fehu only the lines are facing downward. Um, Ansus is linked to Odin and the ancestral gods. It represents two of the gifts given to primal man by the gods, und, which is breath, and odor, which is mental activity. It is the rune of communication and the spoken spoken word, a reminder to take a deep breath before speaking and to listen as much as we talk, which I have a really hard time doing, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so next we have raido. So the phonetic value is our pronunciation ra id ho raido. Summary is a wagon, travel by land, momentum, rhythm, and a journey. Raido is a journey and the power that keeps us moving forward towards our chosen destination. According to Thorson, Raido is the channeling of force according to natural laws along the right road leading to the right result. It is a conscious decision to achieve something and the discipline to carry it out. The rhythm found when you, when your forward movement is in harmony with your purpose. And then we get to Kanaz. The phonetic value for Kanaz is C or K. Uh, pronunciation is Ken-A-Z. The summary is torch, controlled energy, passion, creation, and transformation. Kanaz is the torch, a fire lighting the way in the darkness. It is the same controlled fire used by the artisan to create, the cook to provide food, or that we gather around for warmth. This can also represent a metaphorical torch, a passion burning within an inner light. Ekonos is the fire of creation and transformation. It is a guiding light to expel outside influences and keep your inner passion aflame. And then there's Giebel. So the phonetic value is G, pronunciation, Giebel. Summary is gift, gratitude, exchange, receiving through sacrifice or offerings. Gabo is a gift or an exchange. It is the giver, the giving, the given, and that which is given to. And that's from Thorson. Giving is an energy that joins people together. Just as fire kindles fire, the act of giving breeds gratitude, which in turn creates more giving. It's a cycle, as important as it is, to learn to give without expectations, so we must learn to receive graciously. Again, I have a really hard time with receiving. I'm a giver. I gift, that's what I do. I hate receiving gifts. I always feel so guilty. I feel like I owe that person something, and I must, I must return the gift. Not return, but like, you know, give something in return. I I have a really, really hard time with that. Um, (laughs) So the next one is wunyo. Phonetic value is W. Pronunciation, wunyo. Joy, fulfillment, well-being, a period of happiness. Wunyo represents joy and harmonious action. When all aspects of our being are working together and in alignment with our goals... We will grow and prosper. If something is out of alignment, it creates a blockage that prevents us from fulfilling our desires. And then we've got hagalas. The phonetic value for hagalas is H pronunciation, Hagalas. It means hail, temporary difficulties, changing of plans, delay, hagalas is a disruption is a necessary part of life it creates change and evolution it is easy to get frustrated at a delay or lack of progress but you're better off using this time for rest and contemplation rather than to try to rush headstrong through the storm oh and now this it's actually now nowadays but Every time I draw this, I always think, ah, now this. <laughs> the phonetic value is N, pronunciation, naud, his, The summary is need coming through challenge, stepping forth into manifestation. It represents need, distress, and struggle, but also coming through it. Uh, Thorsen describes it as the stepping forth. Into manifestation, it's the prompt to face issues we may be ignoring, like shadow work. So when you think of Nadis, think of oh God, now this—that's <laughs> what I do. Uh, the next one is Isa, and the phonetic value is I. Pronunciation: Isa. In summary, it means ice, inertia, forced period of pause before renewal. Isa represents ice, a frozen stillness that dis- descends upon the world, preventing change and growth. Isa can be both external and internal, representing our own resistance to change, our ingrained patterns and old habits running deep within. And then we have yera. Phonetic value is J or Y. Pronunciation, yer, ah. Summary of this is harvest cycle, rewards for past efforts, reap what you have sown. It re- represents the cycle of the year, or more specifically, the turning over of a new cycle. The end of the longest night and the slow returning of the light. A more gentle change than dagas, which represents the daily cycle. Yera signals a reward for past actions. It is time to reap what we have sown. Ewas. The next one is Ewas. The phonetic value for this one is E or I. Pronunciation a. Was. In summary, it means you, like the yew tree, Y-E-W. It means wisdom, the mystery of life and death passing through a gateway. Ewas represents the you, a tree of life and death. Yet this death is not final. It is a transition, a gateway through which we must pass to birth something new. As with any new life, it requires sacrifice, the leaving behind of something old to make space for what is to come. Next one is perthro. Phonetic value is P, pronunciation, perthro. Divination, casting of lots, quest for self-knowledge, and fate. Perthro represents fate, but not in the modern sense of, like, predetermination. The Norse idea of fate is more akin to what you'd think of as karma. The sum of our past actions has created our certain situation. Perthro reminds us that where we are is a direct result of the choices we have made, which means that where we go from here is also in our own hands and the next one is algis. So the phonetic value for algis is z pronunciation algis. In summary, it means elk, luck and protection, connection to the higher self and sanctuary. Algis is a protective and guardian force, but also a warning of something against which you should be guarded. It can be a call to seek sanctuary and raise your higher consciousness to be aware of any threats that may be on the horizon. So like when you think of an elk, you think of just that, right? You need to seek sanctuary and raise your consciousness to be aware of any threats that may be on the horizon. While al is a call to action, it is also an omen of luck allow it to heighten your awareness and keep you safe from harm algae brings luck to those who need guidance around life's pitfalls wear it as a protective spirit that helps sway you toward your true path strengthening your power and luck and life force next one we have is so willow phonetic value is s pronunciation is so we lo. in summary it means the Sun spiritual power and enlightenment success and personal growth so we lo is the Sun an illuminating force that breaks through darkness and doubt creating growth and expansion it is both it is both the goal and the active willed action towards it our purpose and inner self. And then we have another one of my favorites, Tiwaz. The phonetic value is T, pronunciation is Tiwaz. Summary. It means bravery, a fight for justice and honor, sacrifice for the greater good. Tiwaz represents the god tier. Who sacrificed his hand to the great wolf Fenrir in order to save the Aesir? The story teaches us that opposition must be faced squarely and with courage. Alright, so the next one we've got is Bergano. Phonetic value is B. Pronunciation Ber Ka no. It means birch, like the birch tree, rebirth, a new phase, relationship, or project. It is the birch goddess reigning over life's important transitions, birth, adolescence, marriage, and death. Each of these phases are unique, and it brings and brings its own challenges and celebrations. Bercano is a reminder that every ending brings a new beginning new growth must be nurtured so that it will grow strong and then the next one is a was phonetic value is e pronunciation e was summary is the horse partnership and cooperation, forward progress. Awas represents two horses or a horse and rider, multiple forces working in partnership to create movement and forward progress. There must be trust and loyalty between two partners or two parts of oneself in order to succeed and push forward. The next one is... Manus. Phonetic value is M. Pronunciation Man-Nas. Summary is humanity, balance, divine potential, development of talents. Manus represents mankind in its most perfect form, a descendant of the gods, inextricably linked with the divine. Manus is the power of intelligence, rational thought, and tradition. It is the quest of self-development towards a perfectly balanced life. You can wear manas to achieve balance, increase your emotional perception, and unlock unlock your mind's eye. The next one is lagus. Phonetic value is L. Pronunciation, lagus. Summary of Lagos is water, flow, journey inward, depth of the self. It represents water and the source of all life. Water flows through the earth as it flows through each living creature. It is linked to emotions, flow, and a journey inward to the depths of the self. You can wear Lagos to remain open to its guiding current through difficult growth and flow Through transitional life events with ease. Can you guys hear this, the wind? There's a big storm coming in. Do you hear the trees and the wind chimes? Ooh, it's strong. There's a part of me that wants to go inside so it's not loud. But at the same time, I think this is absolutely incredible. Seeing as this just began right in the middle of my rune podcast. Odin is near. Odin is near. Okay. Next one we've got is Ingwas. Phonetic value is NG. Pronunciation is Ingwas. In summary, it means fertility, sexuality, potential energy, family lines, and ancestry. <laughs> oh, I see now why the winds are getting strong. And the kitten is back. Inguas represents potential energy, a seed tucked away in fertile soil, waiting for the right time to sprout. It is a reminder that some things take longer than others and growth cannot be forced. I have struggled with that one as well. (laughs) You can wear inguas to build strength and patience, helping you to gather energy so it can be transformed through you. Its fertile powers are used literally, as in childbirth, or to support you in the realization of your creative endeavors. And the next one after that is DAGUS. Phonetic value is D. Pronunciation is DA-GUS. Summary is day, light of the gods, awakening to enlightenment and inspiration. DAGUS is the day, specifically the cataclysmic change that occurs at dawn and twilight, when two extremes, the darkness and the light, become one. This represents the end of an era and the beginning of the next cycle. Dagos represents the light of the gods and divine inspiration. Where Dagus to fill your life with warmth and illumination, flashes of insight will appear as you learn to enjoy the simple beauty of existence. All right, the next one is Othala. Phonetic value is O, pronunciation o la The summary is ancestral property, wisdom, inherent talent, homecoming. Othala is our birthright. It represents all the material and spiritual goods that we were each born into. These are the building blocks that we have to work with in life. Othala is also a connection to the past an inheritance. Really, there are so many ways that the runes can enrich your life. But ending with Othala, I feel like that was the perfect, the perfect ending. (laughs) So those are the Elder Futhark's runes. Um... And as far as using runes for divination and guidance, reading the runes is similar to doing like tarot reading. You can lay out the runes and interpret them based on their meanings and position in the spread or how what I like to call the pole. Um, the most common tools for rune divination are rune stones, small rocks or pieces of wood or bone inscribed with the rune symbols. You, like I said before, you can make a set of rune stones yourself or you can buy them if you prefer. Um, These stones are placed in a bag, shaken up to mix them. And then you can either draw them out one at a time or you can, what I like to do when I shuffle my runes and you can hear mine. is I like to grab them in the bag and kind of shuffle them with my hand loosely until one, there you go, one falls out. And then utilize that one and I leave it where it falls. The position it's in, where it has fallen, all of that I consider when reading my runes. Um, you can also get a set of runes in the form of a rune deck, which may be easier to carry around since they're lighter and stack neatly together, but if you want to be an old Norseman, get yourself a bag of rocks. There's nothing like it. The decks, uh, you know, they do the job. But there's nothing like a bag of rocks. (laughs) But if you do get the deck, uh, you would shuffle these cards and lay them out one by one, just as you would um, like a tarot reading. You can utilize them as, you know, with your tarot spreads. Um, Using the runes in ritual. This is the part that gets... A lot of people, because I personally have always used runes within my rituals, as well as my daily life. But with that being said, a lot of it is, um, private, ancestral, familial knowledge, and, um, a lot of people Tend to ask me, you know oh give me give me some of the, some of that info, give me some of that knowledge and when it comes to that, it is more of a one on one kind of thing that I like to do, not so much a general podcast topic, if you will. But as far as using runes in ritual, um, they, I just have to forewarn everyone, runes are powerful additions to any ritual or meditation. Um, you can select one or several runes that encompass the intention of your ritual and use them alongside your other ritual tools. Um, here are some suggestions for using runes in rituals. You can hold a rune stone in your hand during meditation and see what comes up. And then journal. Or you could do automatic writing after your meditation. Um, you can place one or several runes on your altar before doing any, uh, ritual work. You can wear, wear a rune pendant during ritual or meditation. Um, every day, the rune that I pull for the day, I place in my bra. (laughs) So you can also do that. Um, draw a, you can draw a rune symbol in a glass of water, And then focus on the intent of the rune as you drink the water. Uh, But these are just a few of the many, many ways to use runes to enhance your rituals and meditation. Um, Just as I was saying, uh, every day I put one in my bra. Um, You can use runes as a talisman or amulet. Runes don't have to be limited to ritual use. You can benefit from their energy every single day. By carrying a rune as a talisman or amulet, you can feel the energy of the symbol and be reminded of your intentions all day long. Also, I advise anyone who's trying to learn the runes one by one to pick one In the morning, look at it, look at the description, look at what it means, how it sounds, how it feels and, and put it, either put it in your bra or put it in your pocket or put it, you know, put it in a a medicine bag, carry it with you all day and all day long. And if you put it in your pocket, you'd Usually, like your pocket or your purse, when you feel it throughout your day, just randomly, remind yourself of the meaning, how to say it, how to pronounce it. And that can help you learn each rune on its own, one by one, every day. And just do that as a cycle and cycle through all of them, um, and and that'll help you learn, learn your runes. Um, you can choose a rune that really speaks to your aspirations and inner purpose. You can also wear more than one to make an even more powerful combination. You can tuck a rune stone in your pocket or place it on your desk as a constant reminder of your intentions. Or you can wear a rune pendant or one in your bra (laughs) so you can carry the power of the runes with you everywhere you go. So that is my spiel on the runes. And I want to emphasize that... The descriptions, everything that I just went over with you guys regarding the runes is stuff that I found made closest sense as to how I perceive the runes. Um, but with that being said, each rune will have a different feeling for different people and so I when working with runes I want you to remember that if Fehu is calling to you and it is preaching you need to focus on obstacles and, you know, business rather than family and home life, listen to it because it is in, it is working with your best interest. It is working with your highest purpose. It is working for you, not against you. Um... And I think a lot of people focus solely on what it is those meanings that, you know, the Elder Futh are placed on them. They focus so hard on those meanings that they forget to allow the runes to connect with them by themselves, personally. So just remember that, remember that part when working with runes. I think that is extremely important and they will talk to you and they will guide you. Another thing with runes, as you heard, sorry, I'm eating tomatoes. I just picked some tomatoes out of my garden and they're so good. But another thing with runes, as you have heard uh during this episode, is a lot of times they are neither good nor bad. A lot of times they are all good or all bad. Unlike tarot, that is, even the death card is considered not bad. It's just a rebirth. It's just something has to, Die in order for a rebirth. With the runes, the old Norse way, there were bad as well as good because us Scandinavian Norsemen believe that death and life are just the cycle, it's the wheel of the runes. There has to be death in order for there to be birth. There has to be birth in order for there to be death. It is the cycle, the wheel, and the runes reflect that entirely. So, that is my spiel. And I hope, I really hope that you guys got a lot out of this and hopefully took notes. If not, you can play this back again and write it all down. Or you can just bookmark it in the spots that were, you know, favorable to you. But I really, really hope that all of you got a little something, got a little knowledge out of this um, in regards to the runes, because I do believe and feel that they are extremely beneficial, and they are old as time itself. And they're tried and true. They've worked this far, thus far. (laughs) So, anyways, that is this episode. I'm going to wrap it up, but I hope you all have had a beautiful summer and I'm so glad to be back. And I will try to do a weekly podcast episode where I come and I try to teach something new for all of you to learn and understand about the heathen path. I'll see you next time. Bye.